Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. And this week, we are looking at the theme of friendship in Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. So to start us out, we have a quote, and this quote comes from the episode The Blue Spirit. It happens at the very end of the episode after Zuko has rescued Aang from Zhao as the Blue Spirit, but obviously for his own devices, and he got knocked out and then Aang rescued him back. And when Zuko comes to, Aang is there and he says, You know what the worst part about being born over a hundred years ago is? I miss all the friends I used to hang out with. Before the war started, I used to always visit my friend Kuzon. The two of us, we'd get in and out of so much trouble together. He was one of the best friends I ever had, and he was from the Fire Nation, just like you. If we knew each other back then, do you think we could have been friends too? And then what happens, Chris? Zuko tries to attack Aang. (laughs) (laughs) In the stage directions. Yes. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I love that scene so much. It's so good. And I love, like, you already know that Aang is just so great. Mm -hmm. But then you see this person who has been hunted by Zuko, but still wish that they could be friends. And I feel like that was is so much of Aang's attitudes. Like, he wants to be friends with anyone he can be friends with. And he's extending that out. You know, he, he could have just gotten away. Zuko was mm-hmm. passed out. And he wanted to be able to have this conversation with Zuko. Yeah. And he knew that if he had just left him there to get captured by the Fire Nation, he probably would have been imprisoned mm-hmm. or something, yeah. and he wouldn't have had to worry about him chasing after him anymore. And I do appreciate that episode because they're a good team in that episode, too. Mm-hmm. They Zuko never says anything to him, but even without vocally communicating, they're able to work together in, I think, a really, really impressive way. And, and this whole episode really sets the stage for them becoming friends and, and working together. At the end of the series, when Zuko even says, you once asked me if we could be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that's stuck with Zuko as well. One of the things I really like about this quote is that Aang also frames it about the circumstance. Mm. It's if we were alive back then, would we be friends? And I think that Aang is showing that he understands that Zuko is in many ways affected by the circumstances that he's in, where Mm. he was born into a hundred years of war. And he didn't ever experience the more balanced world that Aang did as a child. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I, I think that that's probably something that, that weighs on Aang. And, and one of the reasons why he thinks it's so important to find balance again is because division makes those kinds of relationships impossible or more difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that Aang has the maturity to be able to differentiate between the Fire Lord and Zuko Mm -hmm. they're not just the same person because they're in the same family because they're part of the same nation because you know both want to capture him regardless of that yeah he makes that distinction yeah and when when he takes on the name of Kuzon in yeah so cute third season he 
befriends an entire class of Fire Nation kids. It's it's just so natural for of him to does. do so. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's so so great. Aang is amazing. I know. I love Aang so much. That's why those two will always be my favorite characters because they're just they're so great in in some ways opposite ways <laughs> where Zuko needs the entire three seasons mm-hmm. to really be able to not be bad at being good right? yeah. <laughs> and Aang just already starts out so good you know absolutely and the last episode that we did on Avatar I know we talked a lot about how Zuko and Aang mirror each other in many ways mm-hmm. and this episode I think is the is when they start this trajectory of questioning whether they have to be adversaries mm-hmm. and how they can have a more complicated relationship and I think that it's just so far beyond any expectation that you would have for kids cartoons the way that they're doing storytelling and they're subverting things is is just really great and I like this show <laughs> good opinion Chris <laughs> yes but let's get into the rest of our discussion so what character are you bringing to talk about today so I did think about bringing Aang because he does have so many friends and he's so mm-hmm. naturally one who friendly who yeah who makes friends. But I thought as a character I'd actually bring Bolin. Oh, he's another good choice. Yeah, because uh, we we are currently rewatching Korra, and in this rewatch I've always loved Bolin, but I've really been struck with how friendly he is, and I mean that in a way of similar to Aang, he is just so willing to make friends. Mm-hmm. Early on, he's introduced as someone who's interested in Korra. But when they go out on, on the date they went out on, they just have a sincerely good time. And I can see that just being the case with Bolin and almost anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I just appreciate how Bolin, even people that he knows are his enemies, can be friendly. Like when he's captured by the Red Lotus, he starts asking really insightful, interesting questions of <laughs> them, of the Red Lotus. But, you know, how did you survive after in years of captivity? What did you do? And how would we be so bored? How would you survive it? And then he tries to, like, make up stories about them. And it's, <laughs> and Mako even, like, chides him for it because that's not Mako. <laughs> and, yeah, I just, I really appreciate Bolin's willingness to engage with people in a way that is open and about finding joy together another example i think is is when he meets opal he doesn't immediately start flirting with her and she kind of starts falling for him because he's just so naturally charismatic and and friendly Mm-hmm. And it's not until he starts being intentional about it and starting starting to try to hit on her yeah. that it gets awkward. And, and, <laughs> and she's like, why are you being weird? <laughs> and I appreciate that Opal also calls him out on it so yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think that, that so much of his personality is that just kind of natural friendliness. And so I thought he was a, a good character to, to bring up because I think that having a friend like Bolin would be really, really important to an avatar like Korra. Because she has lived such a different life. She was sheltered for so much of her life by the White Lotus and raised in a way that was all about her being a great bender and being the avatar. But we don't see any of her just being a kid. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so for her to come into Republic City, 
have some basic relationships with the airbenders, but having Bolin be the first person that she makes contact with and develops a friendship with, I just think is a really cool, must have been really impactful for her. Well, and it only would have happened with Bolin. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Mako wouldn't have been like, this person's with me and you can come and sit in our box while we do our pro bending. And yeah, he wouldn't just randomly do that to a stranger. No way. Yeah. E- even after he stops being a jerk when he finds out that she's the avatar he's still not friendly (laughs) friendly and mako those are not words that i will put together true true (laughs) yeah i think bolin's also a really good choice for it because part of his personality is being naive Hmm. and i think those things kind of play off of each other a bit that he expects the best in people yeah he's trusting he's very trusting and and i think because of that he is able to make friendships much more quickly than other characters are uh mako included mako is much more skeptical of people and, and a little more distant and yeah despite the hardships that they had as kids growing up mm-hmm. he's still maintained that and obviously <laughs> His naivete gets him into trouble sometimes, <laughs> which which is problematic. But it also, when Mako sees people doing things, he's like, oh, you believe this criminal or whatever? And it's like, well, we used to be like this. And mm-hmm. why would why would we not believe them is Bolin's attitude. It just feels like he is always open to giving people chances. Absolutely. I mean... Kuvira keeps him on her side initially mm-hmm. after she comes out as the new emperor of the Earth <laughs> Empire by manipulating him through his trust, mm-hmm. by saying, look at the good that we've done and I need you. And as someone who has codependent tendencies like Bolin might have, <laughs> <laughs> like looking at his relationship with Eska, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally can see how that would be affecting and... I just like Bolin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bolin is probably the person you would most want to be friends with in Legend of Korra. Absolutely. I mean, of, of kind of their group. I mean, Asami would be cool too, but... Yeah. Yeah. But definitely one of the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be easiest to get along with, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was about to say Bolin would be the person I'd want to go get a beer with, but I bet Asami knows really good places to get beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to go with her because she would pay for beers that you would never spend money on. She'll buy the most expensive, <laughs> best imported. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Yeah. But you can bring Bo in as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, what plot did you want to talk about? So I wanted to talk about Appa and Momo and how one or both of them are with Aang for so many important moments Mm. in the show. At the beginning of the series, Appa is with Aang frozen in the iceberg. Mm -hmm. He was with Aang at that moment of near death and at that moment where he was so vulnerable and scared of, of losing everything he knew. So he ran away with Appa, his friend. Yeah. Then we meet Momo at the instance where they see the genocide that has happened and that Master Gyatso had been killed. Mm. And Momo is there to, with 
Appa and Aang kind of connect each other to a part of their community that would otherwise be missing. Yeah. And Aang being able to take Momo with him on the rest of their journey, I think was, yeah, significant for Aang and to feel like, yes, everybody who was at this temple is gone, but there is still someone who is a part of our air temple culture and community that is still alive. And so I think that was really important for him to not, I mean, like, how do you make genocide easier? You can't. But he was able to provide, I think, some amount of comfort and connection that Aang otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah, and when when it's solidified that his community has been taken from him, mm-hmm. he's also building new community mm-hmm. with someone who, yeah, has those cultural ties. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then you have in in the second season... Once Appa is captured, that takes a huge toll on Aang. And it's really the only time we see Aang be violent out of anger that isn't because of his avatar state. Mm. Because of him, like, slightly being taken over by Rava. And one of those creepy bird bee things, Mm. (laughs) bumblebee. I don't know what they're called. Oh, they're aren't they like vulture hornets beads or something? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know the combo I'm talking about. One of them grabbed Momo and was taking away, and he is just like, no, like I already lost Appa. I cannot lose Momo as well. Even after it had dropped Momo, he still hit it with air. Yeah. And then he also attacked the sandbenders. Yeah, so it's so clear how much Appa meant to Aang and how, like, this was a friendship and one that was embedded in their life together at this particular place that I'm sure it's not only Aang that misses that home Mm. and that misses the other people there, but Appa as well. And then when we finally get to see Appa's last days in in that episode... Lost, lost days. days, not last days. <laughs> I, I don't think I could handle seeing no, those. No, <laughs> no. That's why you, they just don't mention that in Korra at all. <laughs> we can't handle it. Um, in Appa's lost days, we see Appa doing everything he can to try to get back to Aang. And he even goes to the, the air temple where they met yeah. and where little adorable, even childer Aang, like, hands him an apple and, you know, they, like, become great friends ever after that. And then Appa sees that little Aang in this cute, fire nation boy who Mm. gives him some food when he's stuck in the circus right and you see that appa was thinking about Aang all of this time and was doing so many things to try to get back and then we get to another significant moment in the series zuko letting appa go Mm -hmm. and letting him go back to Aang. he's basically turning his back on what his original plan was obviously he turns again (laughs) so he he does a nice little 360 there but at least for the time that was such a significant moment for Zuko which then comes back when Zuko is here and Appa licks him and welcomes him it's such a significant moment too because 
they need Zuko to be a part of Team Avatar. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is where, where the trajectory of the story has to go. And Aang is willing to listen to Zuko because Appa is acting friendly towards him. And then finally, Momo went with Aang to the Lion Turtle. Mm-hmm. And he was with him as Aang was wrestling with these ideas of violence and killing the Fire Lord, or how is he supposed to help the world, and what do these things mean, and this goes against everything that he was taught by the monks, and he talks to Momo about it, he's like, I know you can't talk, but it makes me feel better (laughs) to be able to talk to you. And throughout the series, we do get to see him talk to both of them, and they understand to some degree what he's communicating. And um, yeah, even to that last moment, while Aang is waiting for the Fire Lord, Momo is with him on his shoulder until he says, time for you to leave because the fire is coming. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's so adorable that even up until that point, he wasn't alone. Yeah, yeah, that is really interesting. And, it, you know, you mentioned how he's able to kind of communicate with them to a certain extent, and they're able to understand much of what what Aang or the others say. And I think that's interesting from a narrative standpoint of, of so often these types of characters are just there for jokes or to sell toys. Mm-hmm. And they both are great at that too. <laughs> yes. But they also serve this great purpose of being able to show some of Aang and other characters' interiority. In having friends and characters who are not really speaking back it allows for more of an interior monologue to come out when characters are communicating with them. And I think that is really helpful in a show like this where, you know, you don't get the inner soliloquies of what people are thinking. <laughs> um, and it helps to, especially with Aang, let us know more about him and his culture and his his thought process as he's dealing with a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too... I mean, I think Aang could be friends with any animal, (laughs) (laughs) but I wonder if there's something particularly special about them with each other because they are all airbenders. Mm -hmm. They all can fly around and can spend so much of their time and their, you know, all of these things that they experience like in the sky when there are no airbenders left except Aang, like they are the only ones that can understand any of those types of sensations and fun and feelings and all of that yeah yes that's a good point yeah it's it's interesting because when i first watched through the show i really didn't care that much about oppa and momo not that i wanted them to like perish or something but i remember somebody saying like oh yeah when oppa was captured and it's a significant amount of time until Mm -hmm. they get reunited And this other person was talking about, like, how it was just so hard for them when they were separated. Like, just didn't feel okay until they were going to be reunited. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, I didn't feel that at all when I watched it the first time. But, yeah, as I've watched the show more times, like, I've I've noticed and appreciated the three of them and their their friendship together. And, like, the significance that they, they find with each other. Absolutely. And Momo's tale in the Tales of Bossing Say when he's looking for Appa is oh, just like yes. so cute. It's 
it's so great yeah. and sad. It's really nice. It ends with him curling up in the oppa pop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And he takes the oppa whistle and is like <laughs> Yeah. It's it's really nice. <laughs> totally. Well, should we move into our compelling questions now? Sure. Cool. What do you have for me? I like that we've already started talking both about Aang and his friends and then some of Korra's friends. Because one of the interesting differences, I think, between Aang and Korra is that Korra learns from bending masters and has more of a kind of formal education process in her bending. Mm-hmm. But Aang learns from his friends. Mm, that's so cute. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was wondering, how do you see this create differences in their relationships with their teachers and in their narratives? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is... Even the slight differences that initially were taking place between Aang and Katara versus Aang and Toph. Hmm. Because Toph was brought into the group as Aang's, er, hmm. as Aang's earth-bending master. So he was like, Sifu, Toph. Then Katara's like, why don't you ever call me Sifu? He's like, I can if you want to, you know, of course, because he's Aang and so good-natured. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the beginning... Katara and Aang started as friends, and I think there is a difference in roles. Some professors that I've had, I like them. They're great. I think that their brains are awesome, but would I be, like, super close friends with them? I think it's, like, there's a barrier. Like, obviously, when you're actually their student, it's not quite appropriate in the mm. same ways. But, like, I've been out of college for 10 years. <laughs> but, yeah, there's there's a barrier. It's even weird if they're like, oh, yeah, call me about my first name now. And I'm just like, uh, how do I do that, <laughs> Dr. Hauke or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to kind of get out of those roles that you met each other in. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, that's probably a reason why we don't really see any of the other masters that Korra trained with Mm -hmm. because it was a teacher-student role and that's all it was. Yeah. I think with Tenzin, she has a different experience. One, because it was so difficult for her to learn airbending. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) a lot more frustration (laughs) and a lot more, you know, all sorts of things. Two, because... She was actually living with his family on Air Temper Island, mm-hmm. which is going to change some things. And three, it was the only time where something was going wrong in the world mm-hmm. that she was scared of. And there were times where she relied on, on him for some emotional support. And so I think that's why she's closer with him. I wouldn't even still say, I mean, they're not like friends, like she's friends with yeah. Molin. Molin. <laughs> yeah. Baco. Yeah, exactly. But I think she's probably much closer to Tenzin than she is to her other bending masters. Absolutely. But but yeah, I think that it's a mentorship relationship more than anything. And, you know, he's, he's almost like uh, an uncle or something like that. Like she, also unlike Aang, still has her parents and, and you know, that family and community as she is being the avatar but particularly as she leaves home for the first time Mm -hmm. and starts making her own friends and making her own decisions he is not only her teacher but her guardian yeah i think that that you hit on a lot of interesting points of how she she starts facing crises under his guidance and 
what that means for their relationship. And so they become very close and very, you know, have a very strong emotional bond. But it's not friendship, nor is it a teacher-student relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then going back to Aang and the original Team Avatar, they had ev- everything thrown at them. Mm-hmm. They had incredibly stressful environment, life or death situation, all working towards the same goal. They had living, sleeping, eating, cooking, cleaning, everything together. They had training together and all of the both frustration and respect that comes along with that that average friends wouldn't ever experience totally yeah but were you thinking anything else yeah i mean you you hit on a a fair few notes they also play another role in ang's life because he is someone who's lost most of his community Mm -hmm. and katara says pretty early on that her and Sokka are his family now yeah. And I think that that makes sense. And it makes sense to not have new parents, but to have new equals mm-hmm. and to build his community that way. They are playing this kind of dual role because, you know, when he is learning in Paku, sure, he can learn some bending, but he doesn't really build a relationship with him in the same way. Can you imagine if Jung Jung had gone along with them to like continue his firebending training? Then poor Jung Jung just becomes a babysitter. Totally, like, totally, yeah, yeah. He didn't sign up to be the parent of four kids. Oh, I'm sure someone makes made a delightful webcomic of that somewhere on the internet. Oh, that would be excellent. But yeah, I think like. As you're watching the show, in some ways, they're very much kids. And in other ways, it's like, wow, they're so mature and they're dealing with things that yeah. as an adult wouldn't be able to deal with or wouldn't know what to do or what decisions to make. And part of that not having that older mentor to ask does make a difference. I mean, luckily, Aang did have connections through his avatar state to be mm. able to talk to some of his past lives. But even that still was quite minimal compared to how much influence and interaction he's having with his friends. Absolutely, yeah. And then I think for Korra, one of the other things that narratively having her friends be different than her masters does is in some ways it it kind of raises the stakes because in Avatar, Aang happens to come across three of the most powerful benders in the world (laughs) who all are around the same age as him and able to do this. Three? Katara grows to be. Katara grows to be. Super. Yeah, so she doesn't start that way, but by the end of the series, she's able to take out Azula during Sozin's Comet. Toph, obviously. Toph (laughs) creates metal bending, Mm -hmm. and Zuko, who's not as powerful as Azula, but still able to take out General Zhao, he's clearly quite adept as well. I think he's good, but he's not on the same level of talent as the other two are. I would agree. Bending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, he's still good for being a kid. The but... fact that there are four kids <laughs> yeah. who are as powerful as they are, mm-hmm. in some ways, it makes the show a bit more fairy tale esque It's kids doing these really impossible things that adults refuse to do. Mm-hmm. Cora... It feels more real. She has good benders and, and, and competent people who she's with, you know, professional benders on her team, but they lose to the Red Lotus pretty handily. 
And <laughs> they lose basically every time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're 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 competent and they're powerful, but there is no Toph mm-hmm. as part of their team. And even when Tenzin and other adults use their bending, and sometimes it can make it them stand apart from most of Team Avatar because they are masters in a mm-hmm. way that is so impressive. Yeah, I just I think that that showing Tenzin using his bending against all four members of the Red Lotus yeah, and being able to stand his ground. Scene. It's amazing. Yeah. It then shows what could Mako and Bolin hope to do in the same kind of situation. They'd just be so much more outclassed. And so I think, yeah, by having her have a team and friends who are more at a level that is not the best in the world or among the best in the world, it does heighten some of the drama and the stakes that that she's dealing with and that 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 series kind of brings to bear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what was your compelling question for me? So I thought I would, I mean, this is friendship, so I thought I would go fun and playful for this question, which is, are there any friendships you wish you could have seen or seen more of? Okay, okay. It would have been nice to see Toph and Zuko have... (laughs) An actual field trip. Yeah, a field trip. (laughs) That would have been cute. And, And in particular because Toph was so excited for it. And she's usually so nonchalant about social relationships. And mm-hmm. so the idea that she's excited to hang out with someone <laughs> and it being Zuko is is pretty pretty comical. <laughs> and then he ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> I would also have loved to see Suki make relationships outside of Sokka. We don't really see her hang out with other members of Team Avatar that much. Most of mm-hmm. her interactions, even after she's really a part of the team in the last few episodes, is still with Sokka. Yeah, I would really love to see her and Katara Mm. as friends and making fun of Sokka. Totally. Because that would definitely (laughs) happen. And they're both badass. (laughs) Much more so than Sokka is himself. So that would just be excellent. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And also since both of them were the feminist call you out mm-hmm. for your sexism people in in his life at least that we got to see on screen and and so it, it'd be fun to see them interact for sure i agree yeah we kind of mentioned this earlier but i do wish we saw more of cora and bolin just hanging out the two of them yeah that'd be fun um because i think that they they do have a really charming relationship that is just fun to see on screen and i appreciate the fact that they're able to maintain that even after his feelings are hurt it would have been great to see that happening more often. That Mako gum of the works. <laughs> I would love to see Lin Beifong being friends with basically anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Who does she go grab a drink with after work? Right? <laughs> Spend time with for, for, for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like I'd love to see her have a beach day. <laughs> like... <laughs> In her full metal outfit. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. I think Toph and Azula also would be hilarious. Oh, interesting. And also terrifying if they were friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're both like, we're the most powerful benders of our element. That would be fun too, though, because Toph could stand her ground against Azula. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the reasons Azula doesn't have a lot of 
true relationships is because everyone has always been giving her everything for most of her life. And so to have a friend who could not only stand up to her, but but would be able to physically match her. Yeah. I think would be would be good for Azula. <laughs> <laughs> right. And also, like, Toph is not going to be manipulated into something. Absolutely not. <laughs> She's yeah. just, no. Yeah. I also, like, we got to see the one life-changing field trip with Aang and Zuko. But, like, especially from starting the first season with, with the quote that we started with, and building up to the end, I just, I wish we got to see more of them together because I think personality-wise, they're just such a fun combo. Yeah. Because <laughs> Zuko is angry or cynical or doesn't care or whatever, doesn't want to join in on the group hug until they tell him <laughs> to, you know, and Aang is just so friendly and open and generous and <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to bring up the comics too much because I know you haven't read them and I'm guessing a lot of our listeners mm -hmm. haven't. I would recommend them though. But in the series that continue after where Avatar The Last Airbender takes off, there's just this one great panel that really struck me of Zuko and Sokka seeing each other after they haven't seen each other in a while mm -hmm. and just this big hug that they give each other. Aww. And Zuko's just like, Sokka! And I think Sokka says like, good to see you, buddy. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's so nice that they're buddies. Like, yeah. and they got big smiles on their faces. Like, Aww. it's just nice to see Zuko have a friend. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so cute. Well, and that's a big thing too. At the age of 13, he then was only around adults. Yeah. He couldn't really have any friends who were also kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until Team Avatar, really. Yeah. I mean, I guess Tylee and May and um, his sister couldn't be his friend, because <laughs> let's be real. But I also would, I think it would be really interesting to see friendships with spirits. Mm. Like, human and spirit friendships, or even like Papu and spirit friendship or yeah. something. That would be really cool. I, I like that we got a little of that when we got to learn about the first Avatar one and how he was actually friends with many of the spirits and he lived with for years. But yeah, I wish we, we got to see a little more of that. We have Boomju, the mm. the flying bunny spirit that Boomy has in Legend of Korra. But yeah. It's a very, very, very side thing. So that would have been really interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we go on to our missed opportunities? Yeah, sounds good. What, what do you see missing? Well, speaking of friendships I'd like to see more of, I wish that we saw in Legend of Korra the original Team Avatar gang together. Yes. Because Katara, Toph, and Zuko all have a fair amount of screen time throughout the series. And all of them are with Korra, and they're able to talk to her about what their relationships with, with Anger were like to a certain extent. But we never see the three of them or, or any pair of them get together and, and interact. And that's something I wish we could have seen, because that's one of the things I liked about the original Team Avatar is that relationships existed outside of just Aang and a character. Mm -hmm. But each two characters had their own interesting nuanced relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And so it would have been great to see that continue on and what that would be like near the ends of their lives. Yeah, I mean, Zuko 
goes down to the Southern Water Tribe to get Ton Rock when the Red Lotus starts escaping. Mm-hmm. Could have gone and like, hey, hey Katara. Katara. <laughs> You're better waterbender than Ton Rock is. Why don't you come help me? Totally. Yeah, so that would be something I, I think would have been really, really cool to to have. But Korra, I know also they they wanted to kind of move away from just being the Aang show and and kind of continuation of The Last Airbender, as made clear in the first episode when <laughs> I think Iki is asking Katara all about what happened after Avatar and it gets interrupted and I think Milo's like, this is boring, let's go, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, they're being clear that you're not really getting much of them. But I completely agree because it's like they went through such important experiences together at such an important time of life yeah and then they help build republic city together and it is hard for me to believe that they would just go off into their own separate areas of the world not have communication at all for like years or who knows how long you know that that Toph was just gone in the swamp by herself (laughs) and like yeah Toph is Toph, but it was also made clear in the show, in Avatar Last Airbender, that she really valued them and she did miss her parents and and she put up so much more of a tough exterior than was truly there. Yeah, I just feel like if Toph wants to leave Republic City, that's totally fine, but why wouldn't she go hang out with Zuko or Katara, you know? It just, that that's the part that feels a little odd. And especially when the Red Lotus, they were going to take out leaders. Mm-hmm. And to just have someone who is as powerful a bender as Toph or Katara not be like, Zuko, we should probably go protect him and his daughter who's the fire lord currently you know rather than not having any interaction with that at all uh just feels out of place and like sure you don't have to have whole episodes surrounding it because it's a show about new characters but even if they arrive at a place and both of them are there you know that they've been having experiences together exactly you know yeah And and a part of me wonders like if part of them being so separated is in the aftermath of several of their group dying hmm. that Aang's not there, Sokka, Suki. Yeah, if they all Momo die. Momo and Appa. Don't even talk about <laughs> it. I mean, Appa, Aang, and Momo all needed to die at the same moment. But yeah, I mean, I could see that making it in some ways maybe be more painful hmm. to be together than apart because it's so obvious the missing presence of the others but it none of that's explained or you know anything so it's it it would just be making assumptions totally (laughs) well what's your missed opportunity i was thinking about how time in a sense being almost immaterial when they were in the swamp Hmm. and that's why Sokka and katara saw people who were both dead and Aang saw Toph, who mm. he hadn't even met yet. And yeah, and them talking about how like things are all connected. And later, them talking about how friendships can outlive lifetimes, basically. And you have the Avatar, who has 
reincarnation as a part of them, but no one else in that world does. So yeah, I just, I, I wish we got to see other elements of things more, I guess, to make some of those ideas feel more integrated in the story. I, just, I wish there was a little more there. Totally. Yeah. But what, uh, what is your takeaway from this episode? I just want to be friends with <laughs> all the characters in Avatar and Korra. Right. <laughs> and, and I appreciate how the show uses the action scenes at times to show characters' relationships and show, I think, friendships where, you know, we talked about how Aang and the Blue Spirit were able to work together even without speaking to each other. Mako and Bolin have such great teamwork in their bending, which makes sense as as brothers and teammates. But I, I just think that some of the best action scenes of both series are ones in which we see really great cooperation and really great trust that they have in one another and the ability to rely on one another at times without even having to communicate exactly what they're doing. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, just a really great way of, of visually communicating these relationships. And I am impressed. I like this show. I like both these shows. <laughs> Uh, that's always going to be your conclusion. <laughs> His takeaway is always, these are good shows. <laughs> It'll never be an inaccurate takeaway. No, so. no. What's your takeaway? If you don't like these shows so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's that friendship is so important in the show mm. that it's so interwoven between everything. I mean, and most good shows have that to some degree, but I think because, especially The Last Airbender, because it's dealing with young kids, it comes out even more. Hmm. You know, if you're in your 20s and 30s and gonna be facing some big bad boss you know it's like you're gonna be a little more focused on what's important but with these kids it's let's pull these pranks and let's <laughs> go on these little mini vacations and you know they, they do these things and they have conflict with each other and in ways where I think adults would be a little more focused mm. um yeah I really enjoy that and yeah it shows how important like connections and friendship and love is throughout because these kids have faced just terrible things for what anyone should ever have to face, let alone kids, but them having each other. It's what makes the difference and makes them be able to, to do it and like stay as strong as they are. Yeah. 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 Well, what will we be discussing next week? Yeah, so next week we are going to be returning to Star Wars, and we are going to be looking at it through the theme of leadership. Wonderful. Leadership in Star Wars. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find links to our social media and our website in the episode description, or you can send us an email at geekbetween at gmail.com. You can also go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines to join our amazing patrons. If you donate as little as $1 a month, you can also get access to all sorts of fun extra bonus features, um, and it also helps the show stay sustainable. So we really appreciate all of those 
who help to support the show. We want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Until then, geek, geek out! out.